Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. I'm Kyle Serafin. That may be not surprising to you, but if it is, it's pronounced Serafin, not Serapin, despite what Sheila Jackson Lee thinks. Today is Monday. It's February the 12th. We are in the middle of so-called Black History Month. And so we're going to talk a little bit about racism. We're going to do a weird week. This this whole week is going to get uh, get ugly. We're going to talk racism today. We're going to talk abortion tomorrow. There's a lot of stuff that's brewing in the world that uh, discusses that. And nothing talks about it more than what went on at the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it. Full disclosure, I could not care less. I understand that it's a big part of a lot of people. Uh, I've been turned off to most professional sports for most of my life, but I'm especially turned off to what's going on in the NFL. And I've got some clips to back up why. Um, Today is going to be a video-heavy show, so if you normally are a listener to the show and you want to see what we did, I've got a bunch of videos. Uh, Most of them are going to be self-explanatory. They're going to be talking, but there's a lot of visual that's going to be useful to you. So if you want to join us on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin, you guys can do that. And I highly encourage you to join us there. Give us a like, give us a follow while you're at it. And if you want to subscribe to the channel, it's five bucks and it uh, goes directly to us. It's $5 with no cut. There's no VIG um, straight through. And we really appreciate Rumble supporting free speech in that way and giving us a platform to be able to share all this information with you where nobody's going to come after us. So like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about sort of the broader spectrum that is out there. Before we do that, I want to get started with my friends over at Patriot Coolers. I have been sipping coffee today because I had three shows basically put together by the time I did my prep. And we're going to do it probably like one and a half to two of them. As you guys know, we like to cram a lot into one show. And Patriot Coolers are helping me do that. So go to PatriotCoolers.com if you guys want your own. This is mine. This is my 19-ounce tumbler. We did another side-by-side. You guys know after Sundays. My wife, uh, for some reason, sometimes break out a Yeti cup that we have. It's an older one. And so she loaded up the Yeti. We loaded up the Patriot Cooler. We put them side-by-side. We fill them at about 7.15 in the morning. And we have 8.30 mass, and at 9.30 when mass ends, we go back out to the car where it's been sitting, and they've been sealed up, both both sealed up tight, and we did side by side. And man, I'll tell you what, the Patriot Cooler is still hotter and more effective. They're about the same size, but uh, there was steam coming off my uh, my Patriot Cooler and hers, not so much. So anyway, second head-to-head with the Yeti Cooler, Patriot wins. Use promo code KYLE, K-Y-L-E. Again, promo code KYLE gets you 10% off any purchase you make and if you spend 50 bucks which you might want to do especially if you buy one for you buy one for a loved one it's valentine's day you can do something for someone you love and it'll stick around it lasts a lot longer than flowers my patriot cooler tumbler that i got in 2017 is still going strong so again patriotcoolers.com and promo code kyle all right so let's start off let's see i've got a little bit of comedy we're going to ease into this week And we're going to go in slow. And yes, this is a slowed down video, but I think it makes the point that we're all trying to make here. This is Gavin Newsom and his wife, Jennifer. And they're talking about being racist, kind of, in a weird way, in a way that only California liberals can. So we're going to start off with this fun little video, this fun little taste, and uh, and then we'll start talking about what it means, I think, about the Super Bowl and the way it went down. So here we go. Take a deep breath and just ease into the Monday. It is so true. Really, art is a universal language, a way of connecting and expressing that 
bypasses the mind and goes straight to the heart. And black artists have long used that language, not only to make the world a more beautiful place, but to push us all to be better, to be more empathetic, to speak truth to power. Yeah, so let's take this opportunity. Take the opportunity to celebrate generations of black history and art and to do our part to help shape an even brighter future for all. Look, you guys are not on edibles, even though that's legal in California, and neither are the Newsoms, actually. They just slowed this thing down 50%, so you could really get a sense of how creepy those things sound. That's a crazy thing to sound. Black artists. Yes, it's silly and funny. Um, I actually played it at full speed. It's equally gross, but it's not nearly as funny. So I wanted to do gross and funny at the same time for you. At least we have a little bit of value coming into a Monday morning. Like I said, let's start it off kind of slow. And there you go. Now, what is this all about? This is about the the Black National Anthem, which was making uh, both front page news over at Fox. There it is. He actually had a couple of stories up. This is the one that I'm going to read from. And... Uh, the, the real issue is it, it's it's a Democrat talking point, but I don't see any of the Democrat outlets talking about it. I don't see CNN talking about it. MSNBC is not talking about it. NBC wasn't talking about it when I was looking. And it the subtle sort of racism that exists, it's not even subtle anymore. It used to be kind of that like the, the soft bigotry of low expectations is what we used to hear about, where they would just assume that black people cannot achieve things in America, which is blatantly absurd because we have some of the richest Americans are black, and I don't know why anyone cares. It doesn't matter what your skin color is in this country. You can be successful if you choose to follow some simple paths. And if you get lucky, there's a little bit of that, too. In this case, we've got uh, this this Super Bowl performance by a uh, what looks like a very light-skinned black woman, so that likely has some white family lineage somewhere in there. And uh, the story was is that there is a Democratic congressman from Tennessee. His name is Steve Cohen, and uh, he's very upset that the Super Bowl fans, the people who were at the Super Bowl, did not stand for what he referred to, stand by for this one, as the Negro National Anthem. The Negro National Anthem. And ain't that something. Uh, here's this guy, Steve Cohen. He's kind of a piece of work. There's some fun stuff to learn about him. But he said, very, very few stood for lift every voice and sing. It's not a pretty picture of the Super Bowl crowd. He's calling everybody a racist. Everybody who doesn't stand for the Black National Anthem, which is a made-up thing, everybody who doesn't stand for that is a racist, per this man. And who is he? Um, uh, he's, he's this guy. There's a tweet. But if you go back, he first got elected in 2007. We've got a little picture of the article from Political on there. He wanted to join the Black Caucus. Huh. He wanted to join the Black Congressional Caucus and uh, was was told no. Now, his reason for joining was because he said, you know, this is America and half my constituents are black and uh, I'm a pandering kind of guy, even though I'm kind of this like goofy looking nerdy white Jewish guy. And so I want to join the Black Caucus and 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 those are my people. And they said, uh, no, no, it's an unwritten rule. It's pretty well understood. Now, just think about this. There's a group that I used to see, it was always in email signatures when I worked for the FBI, and it's an entire government-wide group. It's called Blacks in Government. Now, I just want you to just apply the mirror test, which each one of you can do very easily. Just hold the mirror up. How do you feel about the group that's called Whites in Government? How do you feel about the White Congressional Caucus? 
How much sense does it make to have any of these things in 2024 unless your job, unless your goal is division? And I think that's what we're getting down to here. Division is the goal. And they're even bringing back some of the old and incredibly ugly language. They're, they're going to start using the word Negro again, the Negro national anthem. For that to be the case, this was the tweet that I responded to this congressman who has a smaller following than me on social media, which is just a little bit moderately funny. Um, how about this one? Is there a nation of Negroes? Is that a thing that exists in America? Because I would argue to you that there is not. There are just Americans. And that's why it's so disgusting. It's pandering. It's disgusting. It's it's pretty gnarly stuff to reach out there and say that you are uh, you're going to have a, a new national anthem so that we can have separate but equal again. Is that not what they're doing? Is that not sort of the game here? Are we playing the separate but equal game again? But it drives this piece that what it's saying is it's leaving the university system, the sort of woke academic um, fools that have been captured, the young ones. And and what's amazing is, is how little some young people actually know. And I young people is like anybody in their 20s now, I guess. Um, a lot of them know so, so little about this country and so little about what goes on. I'm going to save it for the end. It's not a dad joke. It's just sort of like a oh shit moment for us. But I'm going to play you a video of a 28-year-old woman who just kind of scares the crap out of me only because she seems sweet and she could easily be my neighbor. And 28 is not that young. Like I was, I stopped being dumb when I was about 25 to 27. And in your mid-20s, you think that you would start moving that needle. But this woman is pretty much something else. In the meantime, what I'm saying is they're taking that craziness, though, that we've seen in the leftist universities, the places that you don't want to send your kids to anymore. I have no interest in sending my kids somewhere where they're going to get, where I'm going to pay money for them to learn how to hate me and what we love. Why would you send your kids there? Um, th that continues to go on. It's, uh, it's happening in the university still, but they've moved it into the mainstream here for our Super Bowl, for our sort of national get-togethers that we have. Look, whether you like football or not, and I don't necessarily care, I think it's an interesting sport, but I don't want to watch it. It just doesn't do anything for me. There is something good, inherently good, about having reasons to gather. There's something great about putting Americans and getting your neighbors to come by and people driving over and having a routine of bringing... My kids have been asking this question, when do we feast Think about that. The, the, the discussion of a feast day is a big thing in the Catholic Church, but it's also a big thing in history. When when you have an event that is regular and celebrated, we feast. What does feasting mean? It means we have many different courses, many different items, and many people bring things, and then you celebrate together with food and camaraderie and company and common values and discussion, disagreement. The Super Bowl, in many ways, is an American feast. It's a thing where we have certain foods that we eat. And we have a certain time schedule and there's a main event of watching and then there's discussions afterwards and there's the breakdown of sort of where the culture is because of the way that the, the commercials are played. There's a lot of this that went on in my childhood, even though I didn't much care for who was winning. I, I didn't play football and I don't really care who wins the football. What I care about is that there are people coming together and that was always cool. Even if you don't like football, you can love having hot dogs or burgers or a cookout and having chips and having potato salad or whatever those things are that your family does or that your community does. And so that's important. And when they start attacking that, which they've been doing for quite a while now, it's not, it's not new, but the idea that you would have a separate but equal national anthem, and now you're going to be chastised, you're going to be, the cry bullies are going to come after you for not standing for something that is inherently disgusting. I'm going to play you a little uh, clip in a second here, but first let me show you this quick tweet came out from Young Americans for Freedom, okay? 
uh, University of San Francisco invited this guy named Dante King. And his speech is entitled Diagnosing Whiteness. The problem with the word whiteness is, is that it doesn't have a definition. It's not something that we can all agree on. And it's been a changing definition so that even 50 to 70 years ago in this country, people who are now considered white, like Italians, were not considered white. It wasn't real. And he makes some pretty wild claims in this. I'll let you listen to him. He'll say it in his own words. It's a nauseating clip in many ways. But I think it's an important clip because in the same way that you hear the Gavin Newsom and uh, Jennifer Newsom, the uh, while they're speaking on their edibles and doing that slow motion, black is beautiful thing. There's this guy saying that whites are both dangerous and criminally dangerous and that they need to be stopped. And he's saying this to young people. And he's getting them to do a repeat after me. This is why the university system, for me and for my family, it feels dead. Okay? All right. So uh, take a deep breath and get ready to be uh, frontally attacked by foolishness. Whites are psychopaths. And their behavior represents an underlying biologically transmitted proclivity with roots deep in their evolutionary history. How How many of you could see the proclivity that evolved deep within the evolutionary history of whiteness? by show of hands. How many of you could see it? Some people are sitting here, oh no, I don't wanna raise my hand. That's called denial. There's no discussion about the delusion and the perversion of whiteness. Say this with me, rape culture in America is a legal, economic, and moral institution. So we're going to, we have it written in the law, you can rape black women, but we've never been a racist country. This goes beyond gaslighting and it's rooted in psychological delusion. And I'm not seeking agreement from white people at all. I don't prioritize whiteness or white people in my work in that way. So turn to your neighbor and say, as much as we want to talk about how bad Anti-blackness is, it is the foundation of all American, all white American institutions. We then get to Ron DeSantis. He says, in Florida, we're taking a stand against the state-sanctioned racism that is critical race theory. We won't allow Florida tax dollars to be spent teaching kids to hate our country or hate each other, only to hate black people. We will invest dollars in that. I think whites are psychopathic. I think there are many lies. The level of lying that white people do that has started since colonialism, we're just used to it. Teenagers, young people that are going out and committing uh, uh, home invasions and hitting people, women over the head with uh, uh, objects and stealing their purses. I want you to just say, that's just human nature. If if you're sitting here, you're going, wow, he sounds really pro-black. I am, I am. And for all you white people who are unwilling to admit that, admit that you're pro-white, you're just not saying it. What would you say for folks who may say that your work is considered to be reverse racism? I don't make room for that. Yeah, that's Dante King, y'all. Dante King is a racist. Dante King uh, appears to be a homosexual, and 
I don't make room for that is considered an argument that says everything you just said is a completely racist, not reverse racist. By the way, I don't believe in reverse racism. That's nonsense. Either you're racist because you judge people based on the color of their skin and the racial ethnic um, makeup that they have, or you're not racist. And you consider people based on the content of their character, which may be garbage, and you may not like them, whether they're white, black, Asian, or whatever. This man has no arguments. He has no understanding of history. He just uh, made arguments that there is a law that says you can rape black women in this country. That's false. I don't know when that may have been true. That may have been, but not in his lifetime. Certainly not in mine. Not in yours either. That didn't exist. That's made up. And so now you have somebody lying to college students and being presented as an authority as a factual authority, giving lectures from a position of authority. Interestingly enough, a university that was built in California, do you think it was built by a bunch of black people from slavery in the University of San Francisco? University of California, San Francisco, you think that's how it was built? Probably not. And he's benefiting from all the structures that exist. He's benefiting from the technology that exists for this culture because he is an American, whether he likes it or not. Now, he may not like it. It doesn't really matter to me. But he's a racist, and all you need to do is hold up the mirror. The mirror test, again, is so telling. This is what we would call in psychology projection. All the things that he is saying, they exist about himself. The psychopathy, um, the, the lying, the inability to accept things that are true, the intolerance, etc. Those are all qualities that his speech is sharing with us about himself. So he might as well just be criticizing himself. It's, it's nasty. Why would you send your kids to that? Is there any reason? Can anyone make an, an argument why that is going to be of value for your kids to see when they can simply see it online and not be sitting in that stupid room with the repeat after me Marxist indoctrination garbage that was going on? And his real problem is that they got rid of critical race theory. It's garbage. It's weak thinking. And so is he. However, it's worth knowing that these people are out there. Because they are trying to move, not just from the academic setting where you have to go pay for it, but into the, the mainstream setting of culture. Again, that's why the Super Bowl is so important. And it is sad. We need to mock these people. We need to call them out for what they are. And we need to just uh, lampoon them because they are inherently comical, but they're also really dangerous. They're dangerous because of how stupid they are and that a lot of people are willing to hear it, and especially young people are willing to hear this and they are willing to be shamed into just going along because they don't have enough formation. If you have good formation, then you won't have to worry about that. That's why religion and that's why educating your children in a proper way, giving them actual truth and facts and letting them understand that traditionally when you actually learned at university, what you understood how to do was, was argue. You learned how to argue using rhetoric. And now rhetoric is like used as a, as, as a, a label for people who are doing things that it's only angry or dangerous rhetoric that we hear the word, but the word rhetoric just means that you can speak rhetorically and you can actually make arguments that are sound. It's been a big sort of piece of, of Western education to understand how to discuss things and how to arrive at what appears to be truth or at least a closer approximation of truth. We're not doing that anymore. So we're doing a very big disservice to our young people. And especially if you're sending them to places with this guy. All right. Um, with that uh, in mind, things can get spicy and I expect they will in this country. I'm going to um, remind you again that our motto here is prepare or repair. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about emergency medical, which we will in a minute. Or we're talking about our friends over at 4patriots.com slash Kyle. You can go to 4, the number 4, patriots with an S on the end, dot com. 4patriots.com slash Kyle. Or just use the, the promo code Kyle at checkout and get yourself squared away for impending chaos. Does that mean we're having a race war? No, probably not. 
It means that you are likely to experience some interruption of your basic services, whether that means that your roads are shut down because it's cold or it's icy or California doesn't handle water very well. And so they have flooding. It doesn't matter what that might be. There's a lot of reasons. They could be natural disasters, man-made. They can be uh, they can be foreign caused if they decide to come after our power grid. And you're going to want to make sure that you have at least some breathing room to make good decisions. And that happens when you don't have to panic about calories and your communications, making sure that you have enough power to be able to handle your cell phones or your your um, your communication devices, and you have enough calories for food and water, and all these kind of things. You can prepare for that at 4 slash Kyle. Again, 4 slash Kyle. The promo code Kyle at checkout will save you some money, but more importantly, it will also be peace of mind because you need that. You need that when things get weird, and things are getting weird because these guys are out there. Now, one of the things that I was unaware of because I, I'm inherently not interested in someone like a Colin Kaepernick, but he does say something quite important to us. And it's worth us knowing that he made this video. I'd never seen this video. I found it on social media today. I had to go back through. It's two years old, so it's not new. But this has been creeping into the mainstream. Now, basically, I, I just looked at Colin Kaepernick and went, I don't care what this guy thinks. I've read plenty of articles, but I've never watched this video. And so for those of us who haven't seen it, it may be illuminating. And for those of you who have, it will be a good reminder of that this argument is being made disingenuously by some of the richest people in the country, people who have more money than you can imagine having, and yet they're they're uh, aggrieved, and they are wounded, and they are injured. It turns out it's actually really good business to be a terrible racist, and this is a great example thereof. This is Colin Kaepernick making an argument visually that people who play in one of the most highly paid sporting events in the world are actually victims of slavery in the modern day. And you know what? If you're a dim person who doesn't really understand anything about economics and doesn't understand that this happens in every job that has a physical requirement, every single one of our military members also goes through a pretty exhaustive physical screening. And when you go into special operations, it's even more. If you want to be a pilot, it's even more. But uh, here's Colin Kaepernick making an argument. It's worth seeing it. Potential players are paraded out in front of scouts, coaches, and owners who measure their physical talent and on-field abilities. Coaches will tell you they're looking for warriors, killers, beasts. They say they want you to be an animal out there. And you want to give them that. But let me tell you something. What they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. Come on, boy, hurry up. Look at that shape there. Look at this. Mr. Farber, I got your bid. 30, James, 30 to you. 100. 100. So, next one coming up, best one we got. 500, 500, 600. Right here. Look at this here. Come on, who wants this? 700. There we go now. 1,000. 1,000. I'm telling you what I want. Yeah, I heard you. 
As a kid, you're not thinking that you're being groomed for a system. You just love playing football. Yeah, poor Colin Kaepernick. Net worth over $20 million. He's, uh, he was obviously taken advantage of pretty aggressively. Look, there's a strong emotional component to what we just showed you there. And like I said, if you didn't see, this is going to be a visually heavy show. So I highly recommend that you come check us out at rumble.com slash Kyle Seraph. And if you want to watch, there's a lot of video here. And there's going to be more. But that one is particularly visually impactful. And what you may have missed is that uh, he basically goes from the guy standing in the combine where they're getting measured for all the different objective sort of uh, criteria that coaches can decide. It's uh, length and reach and height and weight and speed and so on. Because that's relevant to the job in the same way that members of the military who need to go into spaces like flying an airplane. Like, you can only be so tall and get into an aircraft. You can only be, you know, you have to be a certain speed and a certain amount of fitness to be able to do certain types of special operations because you have to keep up with a team that all has that same minimum requirements. And yet he compares it to people up on an auction block being sold to slavers, which is emotionally pretty intense. It's also incredibly disingenuous. It's nonsensical. The key being is those people all have agency and they all have a choice. And to take that choice away and act like they had no other choice but to go out and play professional football is disgusting because it cheapens the people who have decided to do it. You have to see this stuff. We have to know that it's out there, all right? And I'm not done playing you guys fun stuff. But there is a solution to it. It turns out, and we've played it a couple times, I'm probably going to play it almost every day in this month. Here's a solution. Very easy. You're going to relegate my history to a month? I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. That's it. That's all you got to do. All you got to do is stop talking about it and, and grow up and move on. And so we're going to do that right here on the show. Um, we're going to play you the Black National Anthem. I think you guys will appreciate this. This is pretty incredible stuff. I'm not going to give a lot of commentary until after it's done. This is the Black National Anthem. Here it is. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so
Folks, did you see that? That's the black national anthem. It's the white national anthem. It's the Asian national anthem. It's the American national anthem. It's all of our national anthems. And what you didn't see if you were watching, if you weren't watching our Rumble channel, is uh, that was a man who was painting a, a beautiful portrait of, of soldiers lifting the flag in a dark sky. And he painted it as he sang it. What's more American than that, than being able to sing and perform your craft at the exact same time, reaching that really a, just a beautiful rendition of a song that still gives me goosebumps. And he finished it with a flourish by showing the red, white, and blue. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Come in and check the, uh, the, the show. It's about 30 minutes in if you guys want to do it for the timestamp. That video is not new. It's been on social media making the rounds. It's impressive. It's impressive to do something like that. And how proud should we be that this is a country that inspires people to do that sort of thing? We don't have to be divided. It's not what this is about. All right. Now, um, I'm going to go to a sponsor and then we're going to keep going on this range because there's a lot of stupidity. Like I said, it's about divisiveness. We're going to go on and uh, we're going to talk about our sponsors over here who believe in something that I think is fundamentally American, that's self-reliance. It's the ability to take control and bring things back into your own hands. That is a rugged and independent value. And I'm really grateful for them joining us. This is our sponsor over here, Contingency Medical. This is my Contingency Medical Pack. It is full of antibiotics, anti-emetics, and anti-diarrheals that you can take on the road with you. There's nothing better than making your own decisions when it comes to medical stuff and not being caught behind the eight ball. Again, a prepare or repair. You can go to contingencymedical.com, contingencymedical.com. The promo code is Kyle. It'll save you 10, uh, 10 bucks on the on the purchase. It's about $300. You go through and you'll do a medical exam that you do online that you type in your own medical history. It goes off to a doctor that is in your state, and they will write you real prescriptions in advance for things that may come down the pipe at you, things that make you sick, skin infections, animal bites, um, sinusitis, your, your nasal infections, earaches, et cetera. And you can get those handled by antibiotics that you are carrying with you. So when it's time to use them, boom, you fire it off. You can just open up your pack. You don't have to think twice about it. You don't have to go make an emergency room visit. You don't have to go find your primary care physician and try to get a script when you're on the road. It's fantastic. It's a great idea. It's something that is totally American. Again, contingencymedical.com. Check them out. They're based in Idaho. I love it. I'm probably moving to Idaho. Go ahead and get yourself, take take control of your own medical stuff, just like we tell you to take control of your food and your comms. You should always make sure that we understand that this country is about relying on yourself, and you can do that better when you take those tools. Again, contingentymedical.com. Okay, we're going to keep moving down through the list here because it is it is stupid out there, is it not? We've got just such a strange, strange time. Uh, luckily, there are some pushes back. doesn't mean that people aren't going to throw little tantrums like children, but... The Florida DMV just put this out, and I thought this was actually really worth our time. Now, I actually read another article that was on them.us. It's a uh, a queer news factory. <laughs> the guy's name is James Factora, who wrote this article. But apparently, uh, the, the backstory on the video clip I'm going to show you and, and the, what you're seeing up on the screen right now is the letter from the Florida DMV. It says, transgender Floridians staged a die-in at multiple Florida departments of highway safety and motor vehicles. So that's their version of the DMV. Uh, across the state in protests in a recent move revoking the ability to change gender markers on your driver's license. So what they said was, is that the way that you're born and the way that your body looks and the way that you were uh, delivered from your mother's womb is the way that you will be identified by the state on your driver's license. And by the way, are any of these people really without so much surgery, 
confusing anybody. I would say the vast majority, which is a tiny, tiny minority of the number of people in the population, a vast minority, a vast majority of these people, they look exactly like they are. It's like a dude who's too tall and has too broad of shoulders and has an Adam's apple. There's that biblical name again. They look just like men wearing dresses, which is why it's not actually uh, useful to anyone. But it just says, the depart- this is the actual letter which you're seeing on the screen. It says, the department hereby rescinds the driver's license operation manual issuance requirements, IR08, gender requirements. And this guidance directs personnel to issue new licenses in the event that a licensee wishes to alter the gender marker. That's no longer the case. Uh, the department can issue a replacement license only when a license or permit is lost or stolen or when a subsequent change in the licensee's name, address, or restrictions. Now, you can change your name legally, but you can't change the gender marker anymore. That seems pretty reasonable. If you're a man and you want to go by the name, um, you know, Jessica, then so be it. You change your name to Jessica. And we'll call you Jessica. We'll think you're a weirdo, because you are, but we'll call you Jessica. But you don't get to say that you're a female, because that's already reserved. And just like you can't say that there's a black national anthem, because we already have a national anthem. It already works. We're not going to change it for you. Even though you have some mental illness, we could be sympathetic without being accommodating. So I saw in the chat, there was a quick question. What is a die-in? A die-in is this. This is when you pretend that you're dead, even though you're not dead. And then you hold a rainbow-colored tombstone because you're a clown. Here we go. They're all holding uh, construction paper. They're holding construction paper tombstones that say um, killed by the DMV. And there's another one that says death by DeSantis. It's just a little banner across their legs. Um, Nobody's throwing dirt on these people on the ground, are they? It's just silly. And it reminds me of my two-year-old who throws a temper tantrum when he doesn't want to put on pants. It's like, well, son, you got to put on pants. Why? Because that's what we do. Because you're going to go out in public and I can't have you running around with no pants. That would be a real problem. The social order declares that you must have pants. And the social order declares that if you're a man, then you will be identified as a man. And we're sorry that you don't like it. It's too bad. You don't get to throw a little tantrum. I mean, you can. You can exercise your First Amendment right as an American to lay and look like a re- like a complete retard. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You're laying there looking retarded, holding your stupid um, construction paper you know, decorated with your markers. Have you noticed how many of the left, the political left, they're like self-infantilized morons. And these people are are no, they're no uh, difference. I want you to have another video because I found this and it was really special. I can't remember if this came from Libs at TikTok, but that's my instinct. This is one of those wonderful and amusing moments where we can just decide how serious this group of people are. They are not serious. I don't want to say much more about this video. It speaks for itself. Enjoy enjoy the insanity that we have allowed in 2024. So in Mr. Wojciechowski's response, he admits that he possessed the medical specimen and he admits that he disposed of them. Okay. I am suing for the return of them and damages in the amount of $6,500. She had had her testicles removed. I believe if I recall correctly, it was March 23rd and they were left in the fridge. I wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it was odd, but I try not to judge because everybody's a little different. It's what made her happy, whatever. I want nothing to do with them. Um, I'm not one for body parts and all that stuff. It's kind of gross actually. 
Um, it's part of her twisted humor, not mine. And so they were in the house from March, April to... They were there from April 2022 until July of 2023 when I disposed of them. Yeah, so because um, that physical anomaly has been a point of stress in my life since I can remember, and my middle name that I chose is D because my whole life I've been called Big D. I'm D from the D, and I thank God that these D's nuts were extracted and they were put into a biohazard bag. And for shits and giggles, I put them in a mason jar and I put them in the fridge next to the eggs. Uh, so, 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 Mr. Boyd, <laughs> I couldn't handle any more of it. There's actually more. Uh, yeah, these nuts were put in a mason jar. That's what was said in a court proceeding. I, I, I was watching the, the, the other man who has like a stupid hat on. You missed all this if you didn't get to see it all. I didn't even mean to cut that off. I just, it's like, I, I had to push the button. <laughs> the, the other man is standing there referring to his, I don't know, roommate or boyfriend or whatever as a woman who looks ridiculous and is carrying like this little Pomeranian dog like Walter in uh, in the Big Lebowski. I don't know how that judge just kept a straight face. But the story is, is that a man got his testicles cut off, put them in the fridge and left them there for over a year and change. And then the other man who lived there was like, I'm not going to have testicles in my fridge. And so I threw them away. And there's a lawsuit for the nuts that are gone. These nuts, which was actually said with a straight face by a weird man carrying a dog with a do-rag on that looks insane. All these people are nuts. They're absolutely out of their damn minds. But we've normalized crazy in this country. We've normalized it in a big way. We've normalized it to the point where we now see just a simple question that we all know the truth and we're going to be we're going to get gaslit on it in another way. It's also incredibly divisive. I had a video from uh, from the other day that it turns out I didn't play it and I didn't I didn't mean to not play it. I just didn't. And now it's going to be really relevant because there's a whole bunch more of it. So I've got a little clip here. This is Newsbusters. If you don't follow them on social media, it's at Newsbusters. They do great stuff. Simple question. Is the border secure? We all know that the answer is not. But we have the political left saying otherwise. Why is that relevant? Because it's relevant. <laughs> it's relevant because they're happy to lie to you even when you know the truth right in your face. You're looking at a man. They're going to call it a woman. They're going to tell you that everything that you believe and that you know is true is false. And then they're going to redefine reality in the same way they're going to try to redefine whether or not we have a real national anthem, which we've had for a very long time, my whole life at least. <laughs> so let's play uh, this interesting, bizarre little taste of Newsbusters. They did a mashup, which is what they do. And here you are going to hear a bunch of different Democrats telling us the border is secure, even though we know they're not. And they were just crying about it recently. So enjoy this. And then we'll keep going in deeper into this topic. The border is closed. The border is secure. And the border is secure. Uh, the border is closed. The border is secure. And the border is not open. We have a secure border. I can tell you the, it, the border is secure. By what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common 
definition. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. Uh, we're certainly uh, doing a lot more to secure the border. As you know, the president has done everything that he can. Uh, he's done that alone uh, without the help of Republicans. Why aren't you guys stopping the flow at the border? We are stopping the flow at the border. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. The removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system. We have done a lot of work here to fix this system. I think the message um, uh, uh, is, in fact, not to come uh, to the border. I don't think the more than 1.5 million people who have been removed or expelled uh, from the border would consider the border open. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated, they're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like we that's actually, no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what, ha what is happening. But that's not, it's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not, that's, that's not how. exactly what's happening. It's not like someone just walks over and then they're in America. I mean, just because that's what they do. How crazy are these people? We know better. We already know what's going on. We know that they've lost it. They're not making any sense. They're saying things that are objectively false. It's like telling me it's like the border is like a door, is it not? Somebody said it in here. It's an open door. Well, okay. Let me imagine this. Imagine having a discussion with somebody and saying, listen, can you close the door for me? And they go, yeah. And, the, and, and they just walk to the door and they go, the door's closed. And you go, but it's not closed. And they're like, no, no, the door's closed. Now we're working on closing the door further, but it's at least partially closed because it's not open all the way. And you go, yeah, it's like you can walk through the door. This is the kind of discussion we're having. You can't even argue with these people because they won't agree on common terms. What does the word secure mean? What does the word viable mean when it comes to a pipe bomb? It's all word games and trickery. And it's so disgusting to us because we can see it and it's just... We don't have any ability to affect these people. And then you go to impeach this idiot and people voted against it. How do you vote against if you're a Democrat, a guy who basically straight up lied in that video clip multiple times? If you are an honest person, you're not. And and the interesting thing is, is that they're actually moving something along that has nothing to do with. Um, it has nothing to do. With what they say it does, except the last little piece where she said, the border is secure, but we have an immigration problem. We need to fix our immigration system. In other words, we need to let everybody in. We just need to make sure that our definition of border security equals allow everybody in because we're trying to flood the zone. We're trying to overwhelm this country so we can get more federal government. Cloward Piven. We need to get so much more power. And when we have the power, then we can go and do whatever we want. The unfalsifiable premises. Um, this guy drops the veil a little bit. So his name is, let me look it up real quick over here. His name is Omar Feta. He's a state senator, as I understand it. And he's in Minnesota. This is a great setup for a piece that I, I clipped the other day. So listen to what he says. Listen to what he defines as Americans. You don't have to be here legally to be an American, according to these people. They're moving the needle on the words over and over again. Here's a little here's a little taste. This year's presidential election makes many Americans afraid of what might happen to their families and their loved ones. In these uncertain times, bold and decisive action to protect our immigrant communities is necessary. We know that citizen and non-citizen residents live side by side, often within the same household. We should not waste resources chasing them down around at the demand of Donald Trump 
and no Minnesotan should have to think twice about calling 911 because their car was stolen or their child has a medical emergency. So you don't have to be a citizen to be a citizen. You don't have to. You can be a resident of this country illegally, and you're a resident now. You're not an illegal alien, even though you broke the law coming in. There was a meme I saw, and it showed people jumping over the border and running into the United States. Some of them waving Mexican flags, but other flags too. And as they come running in, this the, the statement is: If those people are now Americans, is the guy that breaks into your house with a crowbar is he now part of your family? Because America is a nation. We're a people. We're a people that live in America. We're citizens of this country. We have, we have a right to be able to, to define that. There's nothing racial about it. We have every race. We have every creed. We have ever, every uh, sort of look. The, pheno, the phenotypical or you know, the phenodynamics are, are, are completely across the human spectrum. From the darkest to the lightest skin, from the tallest to the shortest people, from the dumbest to the smartest too. You can be anything and be American. But there is a rule of what American is. And it's not the same thing as the door is open, so we're going to call it closed. That's not, that's not reality. These are people that are arguing against like actual fundamental definitions of words. The same way that the trans group is. But they did let it slip a little bit. Those are the ones they care about the most. I don't know why. We're going to kind of continue to explore it. I've got this great video of Chris Murphy. And what was Chris Murphy doing? He was on MSNBC talking to, uh, what is that guy's name? Either Hayes, I think. Another weak beta male, but they're they're making the quiet argument out loud. The Americans that we care about the most are the ones that are here illegally. They're making two jumps in that same statement. But listen to them, and let's see what we got here. This was set up for last week. This happened last week, but he did this interview. But it's still relevant right now. My 20 years covering this issue, the trade is this. They want more border security and enhancement. Democrats want a path to citizenship. This time around, the negotiation didn't have a path to citizenship. It was entirely on their terms in order to get Ukraine funded, right? Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that that has been the democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. uh, And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country, undocumented Americans that are in this country, undocumented Americans that are in this country. This is also not 2013 any longer when we ran that play last. Back then, there were a couple hundred people showing up every day applying for asylum. Today, on some days, there are 8,000, 8,000, 8,000. And the reality is, is that the bulk of this country does not think that that's right or sustainable and wants us to change. Yeah, sure. We appreciate that. Thank you for saying the quiet part out loud. The undocumented Americans, you know, the ones that are here illegally, they're still Americans, according to this political left. Very crazy to me. Folks, if you are just joining us or if you don't join us regularly, you can come over to rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you're seeing us anywhere else, please see us there. That's where the chat has been going on. I know the chat always knows this stuff is coming before it comes in. Most of you have seen these clips, which is great. Um, I did, yes, enhance that just a little bit with a repeat. He said, undocumented Americans. I added that three times for emphasis because the audio group doesn't always get to see it. And the same thing, 8,000. It used to be a couple hundred people came in and used the asylum process. You don't come to this country in a big way using the asylum process. They are now conflating immigration and asylum as the same thing. Asylum is designed for people that have a credible fear of their actual government, a political fear that they will not be able to stay in their home country. And they're supposed to claim asylum in the first 
country that they land in. That is not their country where they are not going to be destroyed. How much sense does it make to keep twisting the words? He said, we have a broken asylum system. They used to say we had a broken immigration system. You watch, you watch and you listen. You listen for the words and they will continue to say the same thing over and over again. They've made this movement over the last, let's say 25 or 30 years, as you just stated, but most importantly, they're making big movements in the last four to five years on this topic alone and all the others too. The tranny madness is something that is obviously quite new right now. It's new to some of us. What's wild is I actually had a supervisor in the FBI who told me that he was going to gender infinity conferences when his son was six and seven, his son who now he claims to be a daughter. And that's something it's kind of interesting to me because his son was 19 or 20 when he told us this. So that goes back 12, 13 years. And that was a couple years ago. So apparently this stuff was in the undercurrent kind of brewing out there. And now it is mainstream. Now it is obvious to it that it's happening. Uh, it's gross. It's so gross. There's almost nothing else we can do about it. Um, I want you to know what's going to, what you could do. I guess you could sign up for this. <laughs> this couple is, is kind of sweet because they represent sort of the average American that just wants to do the right thing and thinks they're helping. They're following the cultural winds and they're just, they're just crafting, um, you know, what their neighbors might think is valuable. Check this out. This is, uh, Colin and Jessica Stokes. This is coming from WBZ Boston. And I watched this and my wife and I both watched it at the same time. We had the same reaction. It's like, well, um, the next headline we're going to hear is the uh, Stokes family were brutally murdered. Just think of how crazy it is that this was her reaction. And we'll talk about it in one second. Go ahead and watch this little local news clip. Colin and Jessica Stokes called the state to sign up to be a host family. It took less than an hour for the displaced migrants to be dropped off at their door. I got to get sheets on the bed. How many people are coming? Right. Where, are they, where are they from? What ages? We knew, we really knew nothing. The need is so clearly uh, overwhelming. The family of four who didn't want to go on camera had been sleeping at Logan Airport. The parents and two kids journeyed from Chile to Texas, then Massachusetts. And there are so many stories like it. It's boggles the mind that there are so many hundreds of those stories. Yeah, it's thousands actually, and now into the millions. So that's Colin, and Colin is a beta male that is being run by this liberal white woman in Massachusetts. You can just tell by looking at them what their power dynamic is. He's soft, and he needs to get his house in order because he's probably going to get murdered in his sleep now. And if not him, then his other neighbor that calls it up. They called the state and said, we're willing to host some illegal people in our home. And the state had them dropped off within an hour. And she went, oh my God, I don't even have the sheets ready. The the insanity of that. Imagine you just opened your door up and the next people that walked by, whoever they were, but now also imagine you live in a place where there's a bunch of people that don't speak English and are not from this country. Then you just go, hey, for you, you want to come take my guest bedroom? Then I'm going to go to sleep. Has has that woman slept? Has, has uh, what's her name? Jessica Stokes. Has she slept? since she let those people into her home? Is it worth it? The virtue signal? Unbelievable. It just, it, it, it blows my mind that whenever women have terrible ideas, which are very compassionate, we have those, we, like we all should be seeing that. Many of us live around women who have, are better human beings. They have a bigger heart than we do. And then you go, no, we're not doing that. And they go, well, no, we're not. Should we give all of our money to these people that claim that they don't have any money on the internet? And you go, no, we're not going to do that. But is it a good instinct? Of course it is. Compassion and then reason. The two things have to come hand in hand. The masculine and the feminine. 
It's it's the way that, that, that we're set up to operate. That man is operating in the feminine. My uh, <laughs> my buddy and I used to have this conversation about why gay men have so much perversion, like sexual perversion when they get involved in, in relationships and why there's so much... Um, uh, where there's so much sleeping around and these kind of things. And I said, it's pretty straightforward because there's two men involved. There, there's no balance. It's two gas pedals and there's no break in the sexual arena. And in the financial arena and these other decision-making things, you need to have a gas pedal and a break. Women are like, go, go, go. Let's help this thing out. Let's make these people. Look look how sad it is. There, there's a guy named Mr. Beast who just who found a hundred stray dogs around the world and paid a million dollars because he has money that like he doesn't even care about. And he gave a million dollars, $20,000 to every single person that adopted some garbage dog from around the world. Like a hundred dogs. There's a hundred dogs right now in on the Blackfoot reservation on one street. Is he going to go get res dogs and give them to people? Like they're going to get killed. It's crazy to me, but that's compassion with no logic and no reason. We need to have the balance and we've lost it obviously in this country. And those people, the Stokes, God bless them. I, I, I wish them well. I don't wish evil on them in that situation. But man, I, I'm just waiting to read the next headline. And I'll play it for you. And I'm not going to even do it on I told you so. It'll be a sad moment. It'll be absolutely tragic. Um, as you guys consider some some of the, uh, the values that are out there and you guys want to go ahead and encourage them in this country, which we all should, you guys can support my friends over at Catholic Vote. It's catholicvote.org. Give a donation there if you want. They're in the fight for faith, family, and freedom, things that actually are the antidote to some of this insanity. They've got a great email called The Loop, which you guys may be familiar with. I highly recommend it. Uh, today's Loop, I didn't cover a lot of it. We actually did cover just a little bit. There was a woman that opened fire at Joel Olstein's church. She went in and got shot and was killed kill, and, uh, and shot a, a man and a, and a five-year-old. So that's in there. And also a pretty good story leading off that the majority of voters, including Democrats, think that Joe Biden is too old. It's not shocking. 73% of Democrats, 91% of, of independents believe Joe Biden is too old for re-election. If you guys want to get the loop, outstanding email full of great information, check it out. There's also a big piece on there on abortion, which we're going to cover on tomorrow and why I think it's relevant to all of us. Go to catholicvote.org and just type in your email address and your zip code and loop me in and you will be given some great information that will just take you a minute or two to read and you will have excellent Excellent news coverage. If you don't hear it here, you can hear it there too, and you can read it and take it with you and you can share it. It's good stuff. So again, this is a big problem. We're dealing with a significant problem. It's ongoing. And one of the other things about being true and false and the fact is, is that we have, we've underrided, we've, we've basically uh, taken out the foundation of so much of what goes on in our society. We've destroyed the institutions whether they be the medical, which used to be the reason why Western society was as good as it was, antibiotics and, and good medical care. Like that used to be the standard, American medical. And we've, we've sort of lost credibility because of what happened over the COVID crisis and so on. In fact, I had a really interesting sermon this Sunday where the priest got up and started speaking, and he compared the way that the Old Testament and even the, and Jesus even walking through the villages dealing with lepers, leprosy and, and COVID policy, not, not dissimilar. Complete isolation, excommunication, and letting people die alone. Think about that when you guys are thinking about the way that we handled COVID. Medical industry has debased itself. The news media has debased itself. Our government has debased itself. So many of these different organizations that we used to be able to go like inherently believe were correct because they would do the right thing by default. They do the opposite of it. And one of those, what that has done is it made us basically look for anything that we can believe in. And anybody that is speaking the same tune as us that are saying, hey, these things are wrong. These things are bad. And let me tell you why. There's a lot of open ears. There's a lot of people that are wanting to, they want to believe. One of you just recognized, I think Joe Durr just recognized, I've got the X-Files poster behind me. 
I want to believe. That was Fox Mulder. We need to be both a Mulder wanting to believe, wanting to go out there and get information, being curious and being investigative. But we also need to have the Dana Scully from the X-Files. She was the scientist. She was the skeptic. Everything had to line up or if it wasn't proof, if it wasn't real evidence, then she would always discount it. And we should lean more towards that. We have to be our own Mulder and Scully. We should have a war inside of us at all times. And and one of the dangers is, is there's this kid out there right now who's running for Congress in Ohio. And it was a big thing over the over the weekend. He dropped a sucker either on Friday, probably Friday afternoon. But it went across my feed for all of Saturday and Sunday. And everybody wants to comment on it. Everybody wants to decide, look at this kid. He's a hero. He's a whistleblower. No, he's full of shit, people. His name is Derek Myers. I know he's full of shit. Why? Because all of my bullshit beaters went off at the same time. And so I promised those who are following on social media that we would cover this. I think it's really important that we discuss who this kid is and who he's not. I've got some of his little uh, information here, so we will play that. Let me see what I've got for... Uh, this is this is the, the story that he's basically telling, which is a meme. He's telling this story to you. The meme, the, the headline should this be, when, uh, when the FBI finally finds out who's behind all the domestic terrorism. And there it is. It's the FBI. Of course that's true. If you listen to the show, this is not news to you. It shouldn't be news to you at all. All right. Uh, if you're just now tuning in, I recommend that you guys share this this stream. And if you are watching this and you want to cut a piece, this is the piece we're going to talk about. I'm going to play Derek Myers in his own words. He's a fraud. He's fake. He doesn't make any sense to me. Um, here is his campaign video of why he's joining the campaign. We'll play that first. And then we're going to go back and actually play the video. I've, I've got his video as well where he describes what he's going to drop on the American people, which is bullshit as well. Here we go. My name is Derek Myers. I'm running to be your next congressman in Ohio's 2nd Congressional District. I'm about to share with you some information that I feel the American people deserves to know. It's not a video that I wanted to make at first. In fact, it's something that I still don't really want to have to share with you. However, I must say the American people deserve to know the truth, and therefore I am sharing this video with you. Four months ago, when I decided to run for this office, I shared this with my campaign manager and our campaign consultants with hopes that, they could, that it could be part of my platform. I wanted to tell the truth about what January 6th was. I wanted to tell the truth about our federal government. It was strongly advised that I not come public about that because it could hurt my campaign, it could hurt my polling numbers, and may cost me the election. More importantly, my base would possibly be upset with me with the fact that I'm about to share the information with you that I'm about to share. Many people have asked, is January 6th a setup? Were there undercover FBI agents or human assets inside the crowd of protesters at the Capitol on January 6th, 2021? And did those FBI agents or undercover human assets work to radicalize other protesters in order, in order to storm the Capitol? I can tell you 100% definitively, without a doubt, that there were indeed undercover human assets and plainclothed FBI agents inside the crowd on January 6, 2021. I know this because I was the member of a program and recruited by the FBI to take part in such events. I was recruited in 2017 to be part of the FBI's program known as Confidential Human Assets or what we call um, Field Operatives. All right, I'm going to cut away for a second. 
He is a member of a program that he just made up, which is not a program. It's just something that the FBI does. It's called standard operating procedure when you are a criminal investigative group or you do national security work. You get sources. They are known as sources, colloquially, and we call them confidential human informants. There is no such thing as a confidential human asset in the FBI. That's FBI terminal or that's CIA terminology. That's intelligence terminology. Doesn't mean that the FBI is not an intelligence agency. It just means that we don't use those words. And the reason why is because our DIOG, which is the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide, the actual way that we do business as an FBI, as any member of the DOJ, is defined in that document. And we don't use those words. And field operative is incredibly made up. That is a complete bullshit. You should have the hair raising on the back of your neck that this guy is full of shit. He's full of shit. It's not real. There's no such thing as a field operative. I never... And there's never been a source where you were like, listen, I'm going to sit down with my source and we're going to plan out an operation. No, you just give them taskings or they do stuff and they come back and they go, hey, I did this crazy thing. And you're like, oh, God, why did you do that? What did you find out? And they tell you and you're like, ah, let me see if I can get you out of that trouble because it was a value, but you weren't supposed to. They're not allowed to do things that would be known as otherwise illegal activity unless it's signed off on by the United States attorney. They're not allowed to do things on their own. And they're not allowed to say that they work for the FBI. In fact, that's actually expressly part of what we call admonishments. You do not work for the FBI. You cannot represent yourself as an FBI employee. You are not an FBI employee. You are a person that provides information to the FBI employee. The FBI employee is known as an FBI agent. That's what I used to do. That's what Steve used to do. That's what Garrett used to do. We used to run sources. He had a handler, maybe, if you even believe him. And I'm not sure if we do. And we know that because he actually tried to go and take some um, ethics complaints to the FBI and they rejected him. And the odds are the reason they rejected him is because he had a current wiretapping case, which he was absolved of. But we're going to get deeper into it. I just want you guys to know that there is no such thing as a field operative. That's not real. That's that's made up. All the language he's using are bullshit language. And it's really important. And people are so desperate to believe what he has to say that they're willing to listen to this clown who now has said, I can definitively tell you something that Kyle Serafin has already said. Every single thing that he's saying could be gleaned from the news cycle. We already know that the FBI had sources. It was already outed in court, in open court. It's been well discussed. There are 56 field offices and a bunch of them went out and got sources to go to January 6th. We know that. What they did and what they were tasked with is not available to us. And that kid doesn't know either. And we're going to get in the, the end of his video as well. But more importantly... Garrett and I even talked about it a couple of days ago, that there was a nationwide email that went out through the FBI saying, do you have a source that's willing to travel to January 6th? We have already said all this stuff very publicly, and we have for two years. So if you're out there looking at this kid and going, oh man, he's dropping some real knowledge on us. No, he's taking advantage of you. There was a TED Talk that was a decade ago. Trevor Aronson, who's retweeted my actual tweet about this thing, who shared this on social media over the weekend. Trevor Aronson wrote an entire book called The Terror Factory, and this is all well-documented. The Terror Factory is a well-known concept. It's that the FBI puts sources in, that they instigate action, and then they go and they arrest the people involved. It's been happening for a very long time. And there's more about this kid. But let me just keep playing his video, if you guys don't mind. I'm going to play the video. i got to skip uh, back to where it was because it won't, it'll start at the beginning. But give me one second. I'll get it queued up. And we'll listen to the rest of it. It's worth listening to. And I want you to listen when he says, I have a, I have a folder of evidence. What is he like? Uh, he's he's uh, McCarthy? In, in this folder are a list of names? There's nothing. I have a folder too. It's over here on the floor. I got a bunch of folders. None of this stuff says anything of value. So keep listening. Here we go. My name is Derek Myers. I'm running to be your next congressman. 
When 2020 came around, I was deactivated. I was no longer a member of the program. However, in December of 2020, I was approached by a member of the FBI asking me if I was interested in being reactivated for an assignment in Washington, D.C. that would be taking place in January. I now have since learned that that assignment that was being solicited to me was the Stop the Steel rally, or what some has known as the January 6th insurrection. Okay. He just said to you right now that he has since learned that that was the January 6th Stop the Steel rally. That means he didn't go. That means he didn't get the assignment. He didn't get tasked. He wasn't allowed to go. Do you know why? Probably because he was ineligible. He was deactivated. Why? Probably because for cause is what we call that. That's when you cross the line legally. When you legally cross the line, we do what's called closing a source for cause or for administrative reasons. There's a couple of reasons to close them. Number one, you close them because they no longer know anything. It's like, well, the person that you were dealing with went to jail. There's no longer a reason for you to report to us. Thanks so much for your help. Number two, uh, you did something stupid. You acted in a way that was inappropriate. You started telling your friends that you were an FBI employee or that you were an FBI source and you are no longer useful to us because you have now compromised the confidentiality of the relationship. We close you for that. Or you do something that's explicitly illegal and that's called closing for cause. That means that somebody crossed a line uh, and, and they can no longer report. They got into an abusive relationship. They committed an actual crime. They were involved in a wiretapping case where there were federal charges being levied against them. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You're no longer capable of being part of this program. I see one of you in the chat said, but he was in the program. Yeah, no, he, he, we don't know that. And the FBI will neither confirm nor deny it. You have no idea whether he was in the program or not. And neither do I. He's saying things that are available publicly. So whether he was or not, unless he can name his handling agent, he can DM me. I, I have open DMs on Twitter. So Derek Myers, go ahead and DM me on Twitter. Tell me who your handling agent was, and I will deal with it. I will, I will come out and validate that you were, in fact, an FBI source in minutes if you can name the agent who handled you. But I doubt it. I don't believe anything this kid said. And he was a Democrat, which actually might even be a little bit of credibility towards what he was saying, just because they would find a young Democrat kid. It, it's truly troubling. I don't even need to play the rest of this stuff. Go and watch the video. It's on my Twitter timeline if you guys want to go see what this kid has to say. And then uh, here's the reason why he says he's running. This is his campaign thing. It's 45 seconds long, so we'll deal with 45 more seconds of this young, this young clown who is not a veteran, but he's really concerned about veterans, and that's why he jumped into the race. Why? Why don't you let somebody who knows better? How about you let somebody who's got friends that are actually homeless veterans? Maybe, you let, maybe, maybe let the grownups take this one, kiddo. All right. I'm not mad about young people wanting to get in when they have a perspective, but when you have nothing, and we'll show you why, um, if you're just chasing clout and power, it makes me want to puke. Here we go. I got into this race because as a news person, I'm a news junkie. I watch the news. And about six months ago, I was watching the Fox News when I saw something come across the TV that said that we were sending billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine through a border budget bill that you might have heard a little bit about this week that's just an absolute crisis. And then just a few minutes later, I heard about 40,000 homeless veterans that were living on the streets of America. And I thought to myself, why in the hell are we sending billions of dollars in foreign aid to other countries when we've got people living on the streets? streets of the country that they were prepared to die for and we're not helping those folks. So then I said, what can I do to change that? And just a few weeks later, Congressman Winstrup announced that he was going to be resigning or retiring and I decided I was going to jump into this race. All right. So he jumped in because his congressman was retiring and he jumped in to go run as a Republican because the Republican was retiring. Ohio Republican congressional candidate sought office as a Democrat in 2022. Less than a year and a half ago, Derek Myers tried to fill a vacancy on the city council. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Chichu Chichilicoth? I don't know. 
This is coming from the Ohio Capital Journal. This was just written at the end of January. He's the former editor-in-chief of some garbage newspaper, which was uh, now running his campaign ads. I saw that earlier today. He's now a Republican candidate for Ohio's 2nd Congressional District. But he tried to fill a vacancy in the city council, hoping that the, the local party would select him to finish out a term after somebody resigned there. This guy's an opportunist. This is what this looks like. He said, despite his past allegiances, he's now running as a quote-unquote rock-solid conservative. Do you know how many people call themselves rock-solid conservatives? No one. Frauds. Fakes. Clowns. When asked about the party change, his campaign issued a statement saying that it was fake news and that Ross County Democrats have lost every election but one in the last four years. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have a base. Did you notice that? He talked about his base. He doesn't have anything. This kid is a clown. This kid is a fraud. I'm saying it definitively. There's no chance that he can back up any of the stuff he said. He's using publicly available information and a, a public that is hungry, that, that wants to believe. We all have that instinct. We all want to believe. We all do. Doesn't mean it's real. All right. That's our show for the day. I got one more video. This is how scary it is out there. This is how you get all this stuff to get past everybody. I didn't even know this was a real thing, but God bless this poor girl. 28 years old. Folks, it's simple. Moms and dads, we got to do better. We need to make sure our kids understand certain things. Like, you know, basics. Like where the food comes from. You ready for this? Here we go. Oops. I can't be the only person on the planet that didn't know that you can just pick a piece of fruit off of a tree and eat it. I had a friend come over a few weeks ago and she was like, Carly, why do you have a bag of lemons in your fridge? And I said, oh, well, I use lemons in my cooking a lot and sometimes I put them in my sparkling water. And she was just like, no, but why do you have a bag of lemons from the store? And I said, oh, well, sometimes I cook with them and I also put them in. And she said, no, you have a lemon tree outside. And I said, okay. And she said, so why do you buy lemons? And I said, cause I cook with them. And, and she said, Carly, you have a lemon tree. You just pick the lemons off the tree and you put them in your food or, or in your sparkling water. And I said, well, don't you have to do something to them? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you don't have to do anything to the lemons. And she was pretty upset, which I guess I am one of the very few people. I didn't think that I was one of the very few people but maybe I am one of the very few people that didn't know that there is nothing that you have to do to a lemon before you eat it from a tree. You can just take it off the tree. Am I the only per- I'm 28, for reference. Am I the only person? Say no. I kind of love her. And I think you, we all do too, right? She's sweet. She could be our neighbor. She could be living next to me. She could have a, a young child. I don't know if she does or not. <sighs> Poor thing. There's a lot of kids out there that don't know anything. There's a lot of young people in their 20s that don't know anything and they can vote and they do vote and they believe a lot of things. So it's our job to educate them. We didn't want this job. We didn't ask for it, but somebody let them down somewhere. She didn't know that lemons come from a tree and then all you do is pick them and eat them. She probably didn't realize it, that uh, eggs come from a chicken. They just fall out of them. You can just pick them up and you can eat them right there. That's it. You could just go crack them into your pan and make yourself a scrambled egg or an omelet. These are all out there in the world. Now I got my mom saying retard in the chat. That's 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 where we're at right now, folks. There's a poor woman who doesn't know that lemons come from the lemon tree and you don't have to do anything to them to make them edible. It's really important that we consider with a little bit of grace, but also a little bit of humor, she's not the only one. She just said, tell me I'm not the only one. I know she's not the only one. And you know it too, deep in your heart. She's not the only one. There's plenty of them out there. We have to educate them for their own good. 
with a little bit of compassion. That's why I recommend seeing all this stuff. They may not know better. They might be taken in by a Colin Kaepernick. They might be taken in because they've got a weak husband and uh, and, and ladies got to tell your friends, don't pick up the phone and call the state of Massachusetts and, and invite someone into your house. You're going to get murdered with machetes while you sleep. Don't be that person. That's why you homeschool. Just saying. Yet another advertisement for homeschool. I feel like our dad jokes and our sort of like moments of levity are all, they're all advertisements for homeschool because homeschool kids are not going to get taken in as easily. They're dealing with with dads that are like me that are just saying like all kinds of snarky stuff to them left and right. While you guys were not watching the Super Bowl like I wasn't, I was watching Christian Allegory with my kids. We were watching C.S. Lewis. We were watching the, the, we did the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe the other day. We watched Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And my kids, when I started asking them questions, I said, is there anybody else that ever sacrificed themselves for others as a spotless victim? And they were like, Jesus. And it's like, that's it. That's what this movie is about. Now you understand. Now I want you to consider it. And they all, and they got it. And my oldest, by the way, is six. And my five-year-old knew the answer to that too. Pretty great stuff. This is why you do it. This is why we should be out there educating our kids the way that we think is important. And then they don't have to go out there and wonder what on earth is a lemon and why is it like that? All right, folks, we do the show for you. We really appreciate it. If you're watching on Rumble, make sure you've given us a thumbs up. We want to also say thanks to all the audio listeners, although today was a very visual show. I encourage you guys to uh, leave us a five-star review. The note, the show description always has the link. This one is from Old and Out of Shape. I love you. I don't know even know who you are. Old and Out of Shape from January 23. Kyle's the best. Thank you. I think you're the best. Five stars. I love listening to Kyle's podcast and guests. I'm a Bongino defector. Don't say it. He said, I love Dan, but he can beat a dead horse longer than Kyle. Goals, LOL. I don't know what that means exactly, but yeah, Dan can stay on things for a while. <laughs> Kyle's on point, funny and sincere with great content. I work hard to listen to every podcast. Sincerely, a mountain climber in his 50s. Well, old and out of shape, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for leaving us the five-star review. That was both funny and charming and uh, appreciated. It's all appreciated, y'all. Uh, make sure you've gone ahead and, and left your five-star review, whether it be on Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to us. And if you have not seen the video show on Rumble, check us out there. You will enjoy it. We'll see you guys a little bit later. God bless you. Be nice to your neighbors. Be sweet to them. Uh, but educate them gently and nicely. And let them know there's only one national anthem in this country. And you know what it is. All right. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.